Amen and amen. All right. If you got one of those visitor packets, if you just take a moment and fill out that connection card for me, I would appreciate that. I'd like to know folks that are visiting with us. And I tell you what, I'll trade you that, that little card for a gift after the service. I'll trade you, all right? It'll be for your benefit. It'll be great. All right, amen. Amen and amen. Did everybody see Brother Martini tonight? Man, he's sharp right there tonight. Look at that thing. I mean, other than that pink tie, I mean, he must be a real man to pull that off. But that suit, whew, man, oh man, he is the man. Well, good job, brother. Appreciate you. Amen. I like picking on him. It's fun. Amen. Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes. We have been going verse by verse through this book, Ecclesiastes. And chapter 12, we've made it to the last chapter. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I love it. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And uh, it's my intention. It's always my intention to make it through the chapter. But you never know what God will do tonight. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I have enjoyed the study. And God's taught me some things and helped me along the way. And um, when I don't. When I don't understand some things, and you look at a book and all is vanity, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, it's good to just take our time and go through it and study and learn the Word of God. Amen. So easily I can, I can skim something so fast and not really understand it, but I'm just trying to get through it. And then other times I need to just slow down. I need to define some words. I need to get the dictionary out. Maybe a Strong's Concordance or something else and understand what the words mean so that I allow God to teach me and go slowly. And too often I'm trying to rush. And me and my flesh, I'm just trying to rush. You know, I, I do, many of you are this way. I try to read the Bible through, okay? And I want to do that. I have daily Bible reading, but, um, and I'm trying to get through it in a certain amount of time, okay? Uh, and, and the last several years I'm getting through it. I, I don't like to... Read 40 chapters at a time because I'll be asleep just like you would, okay? But uh, I try to read it through and I try to get through it uh, before a year is up. And so I can usually get through it in about um, 11 or 11, 11, 11 and a half months or something like that before the year's up. And I just try to, try to get it in me. But that doesn't, when I'm reading it that way, it doesn't always give time to study it. So I make a mark about something I don't understand. I go back later after that. And then I define some words and try to understand it. And I hope you do the same. I hope we're students of the Word of God. Because okay, the Bible teaches us to study to show ourselves approved. That we need to give, it an answer, uh, give an answer when we're asked, right? We're students of the Word. And the Holy Spirit's with us and He can help us. And so let's, uh, let's make sure that we are in the Word of God. And I'm looking forward. I have um, God is putting this on my heart a little bit here as we approach the end of the year, I'm going to give you some tools that if that is not your practice to be in the Word of God regularly, I'm going to give you some tools to help you and kind of a kind of a some guidelines, some different, not just not just one thing, but some different things because everybody's a little different. Okay, you know I've told you this. I wasn't planning to preach this tonight and talk about this, but that's all right. Okay, everybody's a little different. Okay, some some of you are just. I mean, it, you were not even ashamed of it. You'll stand up and say, amen, you're nerd. You're nerds, right? And you're just, you're bookworms, 
right? You're, I'm, not, I'm just teasing you a little bit tonight. But you love to read. And you love to sit down for hours on hours and read and read and read. And you do well at it. And then there's others of us, like, like myself, uneducated, you know, just have a hard time, read slow, right? And I like to listen to my Bible. And that helps me a lot. And then when I'm picking up things as I'm listening, I go back later and I study it. And, and if you are like that, if you're like me, but you don't have the tools to do that, I want to help you with that. And I'll give you a tool to do that. And some of you, they, you like to read different spots through the Bible and, and check them off as you go. And some of you like to read it straight through. And I'll have some different tools as the year is ending, as we start the new year, maybe be a help to you. All right. And so I'm going to work on that. I'm not, I don't have it all ready yet, but I'll get it ready and uh, get it to you because that's just something the Lord's putting on my heart. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And look at verse 1. Bible says here, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Now if we take this verse, remember, just I'm going to remind you tonight that the, that the chapters and the verses with the numbers there are not inspired of God. Those were put there by man so that it can be a help and benefit to us when we're finding certain passages of Scripture. So we, so we understand that. We can look back at chapter 11 and look at the context here as he was talking about a young man. And then, and then starts a new paragraph still talking about a young man, but a new, a new thought process there. Look at verse 9 of chapter 11. Rejoice, O young man, in, in thy youth, and let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But here's the balance. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Chapter 12 verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not. Nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Let's pray one more time and then we'll, we'll dive into the study. Lord, we need you tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you please to meet with us right here in this sanctuary. Lord, that uh, I've tried to empty myself tonight. Is that you would fill me and use me however you see fit. And I pray that you would do that. I pray that you would give us wisdom as we look at your word. You'd bring to light certain things that maybe that we haven't understood in the past and that God you not allow me to labor anything that you don't want but you would draw out what you do want and I pray you'd help with this tonight please Holy Spirit guide us and direct us in the word tonight in Jesus name Amen <clears throat> What reverence I owe my Savior Let that sink in just for a second. My Jesus. The Bible says, obviously, He is my Savior. But the New Testament says multiple times that Jesus was my Creator. The Son of God was that active member during creation. The New Testament teaches us that. Multiple times. And I think about that and what reverence I owe to Him. What uh, what obligation it is of mine to serve him with my whole life think about that not only did he did he 
create us. But when we went astray and did our own way, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And my Creator became my Savior. What obligation. The Bible says that we which live should not henceforth live unto ourselves, but unto Him who died for us. Right? Second Corinthians says that. What, what I owe, what obligation I have to serve my God and my Savior. It, is it not my reasonable service? Consider that. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's easy for me. I need to preach that to myself. Really, I do. Because it's easy for me just to get up on a regular old Wednesday or Thursday or Friday coming this week, right? And forget that. Oh, wait a minute. Let me look at my list. (laughs) Look at all these things I got to get done. And check them off. I'm a a checklist kind of guy, right? The beginning of the week, I I make it out and I say, this is what I got to get done this week. I I write it down. I I literally... I'm, well, I'm in the digital age, right? So I don't. I used to do pen and paper when I was first in the ministry. I really did, and I had pen and paper, and I literally wrote uh, wrote a list on my desk, and I left it there, and I wrote it down. All the things I got to get done in that week, and now it's digital, right? So it's on my phone. It goes on my computer, you know, and I can see it wherever I'm at, and all these things. And I I'm, I got so used to checking those things off, and sometimes I forget who I'm serving. Because I'm so detailed on my list. And I'm so focused on my list. And I remember that ministry is not checking things off a list. Ministry is people. Serving God and reaching people. Right? And I have to remind myself of these things. I, what, did, what did Christ say? He, he said, Peter, do you love me? And, and when Peter said yes, what did he tell him to do? Go feed my sheep. Go feed my sheep. That's me tonight. I needed that. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. What's he talking about? He said, in your youth, when you, when you have that energy, when you have that zeal, when you have that, that ability to do things, when, when old age hasn't hindered you and slowed you down. Some of you understand that. Right? And, and uh, I, I don't fully understand all that you understand with that. But I'm starting to just a little bit. Okay? You can see the gray hairs coming out. You know what's going on a little bit, right? But old, uh, older age hinders us a little bit. So what he's saying is in your... He didn't say quit when you get old. He didn't say that. But what he's saying here is while you're young, while you have energy, while you have passion, while you have zeal, serve God when you can give Him your best. But what happens? We're fleshly. And we have desires and we have wants. We have passions that, are, that, that just come to us, be, whether it's something in the world or whether it's something we want to do or whatever, and we chase things and we go after that, and we spend all our time with something that really won't last for eternity. He says, remember now, thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. What's he talking about? When I have no pleasure in the days. In other words, when a time comes 
when you have trouble. We could talk about the storms of life. Even young people come through storms. But what, what really we'll see in the context here, he's talking about age and how sometimes we reach life and we're hindered because of our body, because we have frail bodies and, and, and we're hindered sometimes. And, uh, and, and sickness comes or, or concern or the weight of life and these different things. And he's saying, serve God now while you're on the mountaintop. This, remember, this is an old man. This is an old preacher here. This is Solomon. He lived his life of pleasure. He, he, he had his zeal and he went all these different directions. We saw all the way through this book. And he's saying, trust me, son. Trust me. Serve God while you can. Serve God while you can. Okay? I know some of you are, are, are saying, I served God and I loved it. And some of you say, you know what? I, I, was, I was away for a time and I come back and I did this and I did that. And, and all of us would come to the same conclusion. It's worth it. It pays to serve God. Because when we waste our time on this world and on flesh, it all comes to nothing. Okay? I can tell you that firsthand, even in the few years that I lived for myself, that it came to nothing. Okay? Uh, I mean, all that money that I made from the age of, uh, 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 of 17 and 18 to 21 when I was just doing my own thing. I made a lot of money and I was doing well and I enjoyed it. You know where all that is now today? I have no idea. Because <laughs> I wasted it. Because I was chasing after something my flesh wanted and the passion and zeal of all that. And he's saying, no, 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 no. Serve God. And just because you serve God doesn't mean you can't have some nice things and do some nice things. But put God first. Amen? Look at verse 2. Well, verse 2 through verse 6 are really the same theme here. And he's going to start to give us examples of why we should serve God in our youth because some things happen through life that hinders that. And he gives us examples here. All right, Let's look at this together. Verse 2. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Okay? When, when, what is he talking about? The, the clouds returning after the rain. It sounds like Here's a storm, clouds and rain, right? And then here comes another one, and there's still more clouds. It's continual, one thing after another that's difficult. In our, in our youth, sometimes we can have, we have sunny days and we have cloudy days, right? We have good days and we have bad days. But sometimes people reach a point where their health or, or, or the, the worries of life or whatever it might be, and they go from one storm to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, he's, and, and that's, what, that's what we're talking about here. He's talking about the winter of life, the, the, the rainy season. And we understand we have different seasons of life here. Okay? Some, some people would take the next several verses and would look at these and say, well, he's talking about a storm that beats upon a home, beats upon a house, and the, and the, the people that dwell within there. And, and other people would say, no, but he's talking, about, he's talking about age here and the seasons of life. And I would agree with that. And I want you to see it here. Look at verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, 
and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened. Now consider that. What's that talking about? I want you to consider your body for a moment and, and how your body changes as it ages. Okay, look at, the, look at the scripture here. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. There's been a time where the keepers of your body have been called your hands and your arms. Okay, they keep the body. Now we know that in old age, sometimes they can tremble, can't they? Sometimes people begin to shake. Sometimes as you get older, that, that happens more and more. Okay, and what, look what he says here. In the day when the keepers in the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves. Strong men, your legs and your thighs, right? The strength of your body. And sometimes that, in old age, they begin to give out a little bit. They get weaker. They can't carry the load. They can't run the races that you can when you're younger. All right? I'm not trying to be discouraging to you. I'm trying to explain the Scripture. And Solomon's telling us, let's pay attention to these things. You with me tonight? Okay? And then he says, and the grinders cease because they are few. What are grinders? That's our teeth. Right? That's our teeth. Yeah, and sometimes you get a toothache and you find out, well, that one's got to come out. <laughs> well, that one's not any good. Well, i got to take care of that one. Uh, well, maybe I should start looking for something else. <laughs> Some implants or something different, right? And look what he says here. He says, and the grinders cease because they are few. Interesting. Hmm. And those that look out of the windows be darkened. That's our eyes, isn't it? Our eyesight begins to fail after a while. Okay? Man, I remember, <laughs> I remember as a 20-year-old, I could see everything and anything. And I know I'm a diabetic, and that's played a part in it. But, man, now I wear contacts all the time. And, and, when, and then at night, it's even worse. I, don't, I mean, I'm not even that old yet. Some of you are saying, you're old. But I'm not that old. I mean, I'm, no, I'm never going to catch John Kidwell, ever. I mean, look at that. Okay? All right, good. And, uh, and so, it's, it's amazing. These things happen. Now, um, that's talking about our eyesight. Moses was one where his eyes didn't dim. Remember the Bible said that? He was 120 years old. Remember that? And it said his eyes had not dimmed and his strength had not left him. And um, I had that written down somewhere, but I don't, I'm not finding it at the moment where we can look back at that scripture. But the Bible says that. That's an uncommon thing. Most of the time, this, this is what happens with our bodies, right? Um, uh, um, well, who was it? Isaac? Was it Isaac? His eyes were dim. And that's why Jacob and, uh, was able to, uh, to deceive his father and, and lead him to believe he was Esau. Because his eyes had dimmed. Alright, let's continue here. Verse 4. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. I believe that's talking about the mouths. Alright. We know sometimes, um, uh, I know that when I'm speaking with older people, a lot of times I have a hard time hearing them. Because their, their voice gets softer. Or perhaps uh, voices give out. I, there's a sweet man of God that I, I love uh, back in Michigan, and I call him Poppy. I just adopted him as my grandfather. He's, he was a farmer his whole life. He's 86 years old, I think. Taller than me and probably could whoop me. I mean, this guy is just, he's got it. All right? And um, 
uh, farmer his whole life. He was a, had a dairy farm and then, and then uh, gave that, uh, that was passed to his son and now it's passed to his grandson. And uh, he still helps go uh, uh, bale hay, hay or whatever, straw, whatever for the, everything. He still works on the farm from time to time. And uh, he was a great bass singer and was in quartets and all this. And he talks to me regularly whenever I see him and I tease him. I was just back at, uh, at the funeral there for Marie's grandmother this last week. And I was talking to him. And I said, hey, would you come down and visit at the church? Because I need a good bass singer. I want to sing with you. And, uh, and, and he goes, you know, it ain't what it used to be. He says, I, I just can't hit those pitches. I can't do what I used to be able to do. And he says, I don't sound that great anymore. And uh, I didn't really understand that, but he tells, he tells me that and explains that to me. And uh, notice here it says, when the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. What? He shall rise up at the voice of the bird. Doesn't sleep well, does he? Gets up at, the, at any little sound. Here, something running across the floor, a little tiny mice feet, mouse foot feet, whatever you call it, right? Wake up, all right? Anybody want to testify at all? At all? Yeah, some of you, okay, all right. Uh, it used to be we could sleep through anything, and now we just so quickly to get up. And uh, look at the, continues here. And, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. That was, that was uh, the idea there. I was just talking about how our, our, voices, uh, our voices and our ears give out a little bit. All right, and, and, and not able to hear all the pitches and not able to sing all these things anymore. Verse 5, also when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the way. I believe that's speaking of just ascension, climbing up stairs, climbing up hills. You're not able to do all that you used to be able to do, right? And uh, uh, some of you say, <laughs> you know, you, you go visiting a place. We were just in the mountains, the pastoral staff, and climbing up and uh, watching, the, looking at these things and looking at the heights and all that. And uh, um, it's funny to just listen to people around you. And some people say, you know, I used to not be scared of heights, but now it really bothers me. Or, you know, I'll let the kids climb that hill. I'm just going to stay right here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so our energy kind of gives out after a while. And he's explaining that. This is an old man talking to us here. And he understands these things. Um, he says here, and the fears shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish. Now, I scratched my head at that for a minute until I researched and, and figured out what that almond tree was. Almond or almond? Almond. Almond tree, right? I'm sorry. I've been on the mission field too long in Michigan. Amen. All right. Um, he says here, the, the almond tree shall flourish. Now, I looked that up, and here's, let me read this here. The almond, tr- almond trees prosper in the Middle East climate with cool winter weather. The flowers are white or pale pink and arrive early before the leaves of other trees in the spring. It's a tree that flourishes in winter. Okay? So consider we're talking about a a rainy season or a winter season. And then he's talking about a tree that flourishes during that. So whether we're talking about white and gray hair, okay? Yeah, yep, amen. All right, we understand that. Why you give me thumbs up? Can't even see yours, brother. Amen. All right, moving on. Okay. Amen. Protect the last few. Okay, good. Um, and so he's, he's referring to, I believe, just, just our, our aged body here. And he continues, And the grasshopper shall be a burden, 
And desire shall fail because man goeth to his long home and the mourners go about in the streets. Okay? What, what's the deal with the grasshopper being a burden? A grasshopper is such a small thing, a light little insect. And whether you're trying to carry such a light thing and it becomes such a burden, we, you know, and some of you understand, some of you don't, that some of these elderly folks that come on Sunday mornings and they do all that they can to make it here to church. It's a difficult process to get here. We say, well, why don't they come back Sunday night? Or why are they not here Wednesday night? Because it's a major deal. And some of them don't drive so well at night. And we understand these things. And, and you, you encourage folks when you see them when they're here. Because some people do a whole lot more work to get to church than you and I do. And uh, let's remember that and let's encourage people. Okay? All right? And so whether it's a grasshopper that's a burden, even a light thing that becomes a very difficult thing, or maybe it's those bugs outside that are chirping and bouncing and hopping around everywhere become annoying or bother you or wake you up or whatever it is. All right? And it says here, and the desire shall fail. Yeah. We don't feel like going on that bike ride anymore. We don't feel like doing this thing anymore. We don't have the desire. Sometimes I, I hear grandparents saying this. I love grandkids and I love when they come over, but I love it even more when they leave. I've heard so many grandparents say that because they're just tired. It wears you out. And you, you love them and you love on them. But praise the Lord, I don't have to have them here tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Marie's uh, grandpa, uh, he's a great grandfather and, and uh, all the great grandkids that he has. He just mentioned to me, and he, just, he was saying that recently. And he said, he said oh, I love these little kids, but whew, praise God, they're going home tonight. <laughs> And he said that to me, and uh, he wasn't talking about my children, of course. <laughs> he was talking about somebody else's kids, praise God. And, uh, and we understand this. Look, it says, because man goeth to his long home. That's death. That's talking, about the, that's talking about eternity there, the long home. And the mourners go about the streets. Now, I, I looked at that, and the mourners go about the streets. Why are they in the streets? What are they doing? Why are they, why are they out and about? What are they, what's going on here? And I read something that I didn't, I didn't really research a whole lot, but I, I looked to the Scripture, and I read that, it's, that Jews, there was a tradition of Jews that they actually hired mourners. They would hire people to be mourners at, at funerals and such. And uh, I have a Scripture written down here uh, that I want to look at. Let's see here. It's actually in my Bible. Schofield put it in here. Jeremiah 9.17. And I want to read that. Clarify that. Jeremiah 9.17. I'm heading over there. Give me just a second here. I believe it states pretty much the same thing, but it might help us understand it. It says here, Jeremiah 9.17, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider ye and call for the mourning women, that they may come... And send for the cunning women that they may come, and let them make haste and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run down with tears and our eyelids gush out with waters. That, that it meant something more when there was more people with you to mourn, apparently. And so they would hire these folks. All right, Verse 6 now. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken... Or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Okay, I, I wrote this down. Maybe this will help us to understand verse 6. How can you draw water when the cord is loose? 
Consider being at a well and you have a bucket, right? And maybe you have a chain or, or a rope. How can we draw water when the cord is loose? When the bowl or the bucket or the pitcher is broken or the pulley and the wheel there to bring it up is busted. How can we draw water when it's that way? Right? That's what, that's what he's saying in verse 6. In other words, in other words, our body has failed. Our body has given out. I, I, kept, I kept writing here. When our body fails, we die physically. And that's verse 6. And our soul returns to stand before God, our Creator. And that's verse 7. Look at verse 7 now. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Okay? Does God not say in Genesis uh, chapter 3 that the... That the when Adam and Eve sinned, that they remember he said, In the day that you eat thereof, ye shall die. And he was talking about their spirit will die within them, and that leaves the body to just decay, right? And they began, they began to decay from that point. Now, it took another 900 years for that to happen, but, that, but that's, that's what uh, God said, and that's what happened. So uh, our body began to de- de- decay, and God said, As dust you were formed, and as dust you will return. It says that in chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. And uh, so we understand that. Our physical bodies do decay, and they break down, and, and uh, they become dust again. But then he says, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Now I want you to consider that. Sometimes we don't think about that just very much. God forms an, a child in a mother's womb. But it's not just a physical body that he's forming. What did, what did Jesus do after he took the dust of the ground and he put it together and he formed Adam's body? What was the next thing he did? He breathed life into him, didn't he? Gave him the breath of life. And, he, and as the Bible says, and Adam became a living soul. And God gives man a, a, a soul and a spirit. We're three parts. Gives us, we have a body and we have a soul. The soul is the part of us that nobody else knows about but you and God. That inner part of you. Okay? Not even my wife knows everything I think. But God does. That's my soul. That's the seat of my emotions. But then He gave me a spirit. And it's hard to understand really the difference between a soul and spirit. But my spirit is what, what God gives me, is what's made alive when I get saved. Which dead, right? Ye were dead in your trespasses and sins, Ephesians chapter 2. And who he, he hath quickened us together with him means brought to life. It's that spirit part of us that's given life when we get saved. Amen? And that's our communication with the Lord. We then have the Holy Spirit of God communing with our spirit and helps us. That's why when we meet together, uh, it doesn't matter if we would go visit another church tonight, some other place tonight. And, and uh, there's people that are, that are alive, or excuse me, that are saved, and, and you don't know them, but you have great communion with them. And there's a common spirit there. That's the Holy Spirit of God with your spirit, right? And that's what he's talking about. Consider that even in a womb, that God forms a spirit and a soul, not just a physical body. Okay? Uh, Zechariah, you might want to write this down and be a help to you that... that that says this with it. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 1. Right? The Z books of the Old Testament. The minor prophets. Zephaniah and Zechariah. It's Zechariah. And I believe Haggai is in between them. I'm flipping over there. 
There it is, Zechariah chapter 12. And verse 1 says, The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. God makes us through and through. Not just our bodies, but he gives us a soul and he gives us a spirit. And that's important. That's a part of... That's a part of uh, uh, that, that science, science is observation, seeing what God does. And that's a part we, I, we often forget about. You know, my children have different personalities. They have different souls and different spirits about them, right? God gave them that. God gave them that. Let me, let me respect that as I teach them. Let me not get angry and get upset with that. Let me re- be reminded that a, a lot of what my children do is a reflection of me. But still, their personality and their spirit and their soul, that's what God gave them. And I need to develop that for the glory of God. Train up a child in the way they should go, right? God gave them a spirit, gave them a soul. We're, we're over time tonight. We've got to be done. And so we'll finish this up next week. But uh, I sure like the end of this book. And I, I've already shared it with you a little bit. But I'm going to really pull it out and develop this next week a little bit as they say, see the conclusion of the whole matter. Okay. What he's saying here, the, 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 really the theme of chapter 12 here, at the beginning here, he's, he's coming down to the end of life. And he says, listen, he says, I've gotten old. And I know I'm not all that I used to be. And he says, take my advice, young man, and serve God while you have no limits. Well, you have limits, but you don't have the limits like I do. That's what he's saying. An older man teaching a younger man saying, hey... Serve God while you have zeal and while you have passion, while you have energy. I appreciate older folks that serve God. And there are so many of you that are of age that you might call yourself a senior saint or you're in the classics or the senior class or the young at heart, amen, the young at heart class, right? I I love that. And thank you for your service. I appreciate whether you're at the door or whether you're working on bus ministry or going soul winning or or just uh, greeting people, whatever it is, but you're still active and I appreciate that. But there does come a time in a season of life when you have to pass a mantle. Amen? Okay, if you reach the age of 80 years old, it's probably time you stop driving a bus. Amen? And you pass that mantle. Okay? Um, it's, that's okay. Let's talk about Brother Shank. He's not here. He, I love that man, and I've talked to him a lot. And we're just, we're working on that, right? And he's in his 70s. And I said, brother, you're getting close to 80. About time to pass that mantle. You've, he's been in the bus ministry for 50 some years. Praise God for that. And he's having a hard time to give it up a little bit. And, I, and, and him and I have talked about this and he would be open about it tonight as well. And uh, he's just, he's passing that mantle now. Praise God for it. But he's still a deacon and he's still here. He's still serving. Amen. You saw him Sunday night. Praise God leading the service. That was awesome. Loved it. And that's okay. There's different seasons of life. Yes? Yes. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for what you teach us in the Word of God. Thank you for showing us these things. Lord, I'm just reminded tonight that uh, even in a crowd this size, Lord, a group of, uh, of so many believers, Lord, there might be somebody here tonight that's unsaved. And I pray, Lord, if somebody does not know their creator, that God tonight, they'd they'd meet you. That today would be their day of salvation.
Lord, I pray that uh, if somebody here doesn't know about heaven, doesn't know about hell, doesn't know about salvation, doesn't know about eternity, that they come and ask. Say, Pastor, teach me. Show me how to get saved. Show me how I can know who Jesus is and, and be a child of God and accept him as my Savior. And I pray, Lord, that you do great things there. Thank you for us, Lord, that are in the Word of God tonight and learning that, Lord, we would serve God while, while we, uh, we have what we have. And we'd be content with it and love it and, and, and right where you put us. Lord, that's, uh, we've seen that theme through this book. Serve God and, and enjoy it and use what he's given us right here, right now. And God, I pray that we would be faithful. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for it. Thank you for your people being out on a Wednesday night. And we ask you, Lord, to, uh, to help us and teach us along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.